2: Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. We have an amazing show for everybody today. What could we possibly have today?
3: Yes. Surprise, surprise. Big special Friday before Crystal takes the kids to school episode (laughs) breaking points in honor of a former president being criminally indicted for the first time in history. Um, Sagar obviously did a great job yesterday just with the initial breaking news, but we've got a bunch more details we wanted to bring to you, also some political reaction and our thoughts on the whole situation. So wanted to make sure to get that to you as soon as possible. Before we do, though, Sagar, remind the people about Spotify video.
2: Yes, that's right. If you want to see what our faces look like at 6 a.m. so we can get it to you as fast as possible, go ahead and become a BreakingPoints.com premium subscriber so you can watch an audio and video on Spotify seamlessly, uh, only for our premium members. So we appreciate everybody taking advantage of that. But, uh, Crystal, where I left off, everybody, is where... We just ha- i literally, I think it was like a few minutes after the indictment. And I just came and did the video. So all I told everyone was that he's been indicted and his lawyer has confirmed it. But we've learned quite a bit more uh, since then. We actually have even a statement from President Trump.
3: Yeah, so uh, we've got a better sense of the timing. The expectation is that he will be arraigned on Tuesday. Um, expectation is he will surrender himself in Manhattan. Uh, Trump himself has reacted with a couple of statements. First one, rel- relatively lengthy, but it is obviously very important to so I will um, bless you by reading the whole entire thing. Uh, He said, this is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, The radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. Remember it just like I do. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller hoax. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax one. Impeachment hoax two. The illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid. And now this. The Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. Now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Never before in our nation's history has this been done. The Democrats have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far the leading Republican candidate for president has never happened before, ever. He continues, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who was handpicked and funded by George Soros, is a disgrace. Rather than stop the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg spends his time. I believe this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. The American people realize exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party, United and Strong, will first defeat Alvin Bragg, then we will defeat Joe Biden. And we're going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. So going all the way back to the golden escalator and through the litany of all the whatever that he, um, you know, recites in that one. He also released another shorter truth that I'll read to you as well and then get your reaction about all of it, Sagar. He said... Mm -hmm. These thugs and radical left monsters have just indicated, he obviously means indicted, the 45th president of the United States of America and the leading Republican candidate by far for the 2024 nomination for president. He continues... This is an attack on our country, the likes of which has never been seen before. It's likewise a continuing attack on our once free and fair elections. The USA is now a third world nation, a nation in serious decline. So sad. So, you know, a lot of the type of language you would expect, but notably no calls for protest or death and destruction or anything like that.
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, for what we currently know right now, is that President Trump is likely to be arraigned on Tuesday, where the so-called perp walk uh, may occur. W- w- what will the mug shot look like? I was actually looking at some previous politician mug shots. The ultimate question is: Do you smile or not smile? Mm. John Edwards gave us a very nice smile, and given that he also uh, got off in a hush money scheme, maybe that's what uh, Trump. I feel like with. I so, fe-
3: feel like Trump yeah. is going to go with a smile. That's
2: my bet. I think you should go with the smile yeah i i I think you should go with the smile so in terms of the actual charges i have a little bit more detail for everybody here that i can pull up so basically trump has been indicted on 34 different counts now many of you might be asking how is that even humanly possible whenever it involves a single hush money payment well uh, what it turns out is that many of these payments were paid in multiple installments so there were there is the theory right now that Every single payment, every installment of the payment of the hundred and thirty thousand dollars given over to Michael Cohen itself is a separate criminal charge that they are rolling up into an overall theory of the case and the indictment. Another thing that we have learned, Crystal, is that the grand jury witnesses were also asked about Karen McDougal, the former right. Playboy model, who was involved in a catch and kill scheme with the National Enquirer that is somehow being rolled into this case as well.
3: Yeah. So just to remind everybody of those details because it's been a few years, so you could be forgiven for having forgotten all of the ins and outs of these various alleged affairs. So um, Karen McDougall and Stormy Daniels both assert that Trump had affairs. Um, both of them basically sought payment to make these stories go away before the uh, 2016 election. And there were two different methods which were employed with Karen McDougall. Um, the, uh, National Enquirer actually purchased her story, led by David Pecker, is the, the, um, you know, head of that outfit, purchased that story and then held it in a practice that is known as catch and kill. And obviously with Stormy Daniels, we had, uh, the Michael Cohen payments, hush money payments, um, and that's how that one went down. So, Pecker apparently was a key witness in front of the grand jury. Uh, That is significant because of the Karen McDougall story, also because he's kind of a long time Trump confidant and associate. He could speak to Trump's thinking about whether these payments were about benefiting his campaign or whether they were mostly about other issues like preserving his marriage. And that becomes incredibly significant in terms of whether they'll be able to actually secure a conviction because of the new unique nature of the charges they're expected to bring here, which would require a federal campaign finance violation in order for them to be a felony. At least that's the expectation, making clear we don't actually have the charges in front of us yet.
2: We don't have the charges. It's the only one that would really make any sense, though. Take a step back and just I can explain this again for people. Felony bookkeeping fraud, and we do know he's been indicted with the felony, requires not only a bookkeeping error uh, was made or not only that a bookkeeping cover up was made, but that it was done in the commission of a second crime. And the reason why this is a pretty novel interpretation is that Alvin Bragg has no jurisdiction under federal law. This is our only jurisdiction under New York state law. Under that jurisdiction, Federal election law, obviously, is a crime that he is alleging was covered up during the bookkeeping. So in the prosecution of that, he's basically going to have to say that bookkeeping was done in the prosecution of another felony, even though it's a felony that I technically do not have jurisdiction over. Now, clearly, it was enough to pursue an indictment against the former president. It was enough for the Manhattan grand jury to come through. But uh, the famous quote is, you know, a Manhattan grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. And, you know, all I have to do is say, well, we have kind of a case here. At the heart, this is going to be at the very, very heart and I encourage everybody to get familiar with these details because this is gonna be at the heart of the entire legal defense theory of the case uh, from President Trump and from his lawyers. Um, there's gonna be a political angle, which we'll talk about in a little bit about the prosecution and all that. But at the actual like, will he face charge? Will this case even go to trial is gonna be this novel interpretation. And uh, yeah, we'll save some of our political thoughts for later. But yeah let's just suffice it to say that when we're getting in the weeds about bookkeeping hush money and all this um that's gonna be a tough one for a lot of people to digest
3: well you know i think we'll talk more about the the politics of it i think the timing is going to be quite remarkable because you are talking about um you know it's going to be months before this even is uh, heard before a judge the first step will be you know the judge could throw this thing out before it even gets to a jury that's the What Trump's lawyers and Trump himself will obviously be hoping for. So there will be months before that even happens. So you're talking about, you know, the meat of a potential trial unfolding right in the heart of a presidential election cycle. So it really is an extraordinary event. It's a historic event. You know, it's one we've seen coming for a while, but I don't think that should diminish the the import of what's happening here, um, you know, and the the specter of a former president like being potentially handcuffed, fingerprinted, read his Sorry. rights um, is, you know, it's it's an astonishing moment, however you feel about it. And uh, the political reaction has already been, of course, all over the map. I think we already have a pretty clear sense of how this will play in the Republican primary. Uh, how it plays in the general election is an entirely different question, though.
2: So now the GOP response, Uh, well, Meatball Ron materialized. He crawled out of his hole and actually decided to say something about this. Here's what he finally has. He tweets, quote, and let's put this on the screen, the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. It is un-American. The Soros-backed Manhattan DA has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies and to excuse criminal conduct, yet now he is stretching the law to target a political opponent. Florida will not assist in an extradition request given the questionable circumstances at issue with the Soros-backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. So a couple of things to say there, uh, Crystal. Number one, He's bringing out the extradition canard. But after Trump has made clear that he's likely to surrender and arraign to appear mm-hmm. tough, uh, two now he's decided now it's not silly season. Apparently now he apparently does know something about hush money. To <laughs> it's just so clear to me. It's just so clear to me that he got the pushback from Trump and from the MAGA world who are very upset with him. Internalized it and then, uh, when the indictment happened, decided to come, you know, full bore. It, it, it is interesting too because he doesn't even say Trump's name, which almost makes it appear even stranger. It's like talking in the third person, but at the end of the day, you are still defending Trump, and this just highlights the power dynamic of all of this to me. At he had to speak yeah. out because. He is the governor of Florida and because Trump is the most popular Republican and because people want to hear this from Ron DeSantis. So this just shows me that, like, the third way, the wishy-washy, like, trying to politically calculate your way through this, it's just not going to work. My, really my
3: read is the same as your saga. He had a sort of, like, natural yeah. experiment focus group with when Trump announced, like, oh, I'm about to get indicted. He failed the test. He took in like, okay, here's what people wanted me to do. So this time around, I'm going to do what people told me they want me to do right out of the gate. So it definitely smells of like very politically calculated to be the most sympathetic to his position that I possibly could. Again, there's no good play here. Like there is no good response for him because obviously last time he tried staying quiet. That was a disaster. This is, probably the best possible response he can have in terms of the Republican base, but it once again just hands Trump power. So to me, this is a microcosm of the issue that he faces in the GOP primary overall, which is there are no really good moves for him to make. It's an impossible position effectively for him to be in, at least, you know, just trying to to take on Trump directly or not take on Trump directly. <laughs> there is no good move mm-hmm. on the chessboard. So That's kind of how I looked at it. But, yeah, in terms of the Republican response, it was across the board. Glenn Youngkin also came out right away and said very similar things. I think I saw Kevin McCarthy. You know, this was not a tough one for them to react to whatsoever. Um, I think the way the public will process this is going to be just a Rorschach test of how they feel about Trump. We've seen multiple polls at this point that show effectively that, yeah, people think you did it. Um, People, even a majority of people think that these charges and allegations specifically around hush money payments are either somewhat serious or very serious. Um, They also feel that it is political. So then it makes it kind of a wash in terms of a public reaction and does once again come down to just what is your pre-existing feeling about Donald Trump and whether he deserves to be prosecuted. My guess is that
2: That's we spent comment. a
3: lot of time and I think it's, you know, this is the case against a former president. I think it makes a lot of sense to dig into the legal details and the, you know, all of the the landscape of what is entailed here. I think for most people, they're not actually going to care that much about the details of the charges, whether it includes Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal or not, or even that much, whether it's over hush money payments or January 6th and fake elector schemes, et cetera. I think it's more just about whether you the person who has committed crimes and deserves to be held accountable for it. And however you felt about that going in is probably going to um, result in your reaction to these specific charges against Trump. So in some ways, I, I have sort of changed my view on this a little bit. I actually think the details of these particular charges don't matter that much in terms of the public. I do think that these are ones that are the easiest for Republicans to defend, whereas some of the January 6th Baker elector stuff would put like Mike Pence and others in a more difficult position in terms of how they would react.
2: Right, and that's why immediately Mike Pence came out and said that the the indictment is, quote, an outrage. I even have the Glenn Youngkin tweet you alluded to, you know, the most, probably center-right governor in the entire country, quote, is beyond belief that District Attorney Alvin Bragg has indicted a former president and current presidential candidate for pure political gain. Arresting a presidential candidate on a manufactured basis should not happen in America. The left's continued attempts to weaponize our judicial system, erode people's faith in the American justice system, and it needs to stop. So when you've got Glenn Youngkin, Mike Pence, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, all of those people coming to your defense, who do you think the king is? It's Trump. And so, you know, as you said, in terms of how, Uh, People will digest this. You're talking a general election. Well, if you're a GOP primary voter, you know who the number one target is of the Mm -hmm. left. Well, that's how most of these people vote. And one of the reasons that this is worth focusing on is we just showed everybody yesterday a Fox News poll that showed Trump at 54 percent strength in the Republican primary. Why did that happen? Why did he gain 10 percent on a month? Well, potential indictment was listed as one of the main reasons that people were flocking towards Trump. so in terms of his primary victory, or this has made it so much more likely now, look, of course anything can happen. He actually could get convicted, although i don't think that even would really hurt. Um, you know, maybe anyway, the, outside of Black Swan scenarios though, politically, for him in a GOP primary, which is really all that really matters right now. This is nothing but helpful. As you can see, everybody's coming. Tim Scott's coming to his defense. Nikki, I haven't seen Nikki Haley yet, but every, as you said, every standard Republican has a take now out there. The only people who are, you know, not protesting are like Adam Kissinger and Liz Cheney, which shows you that like, he still has a hold on 98 percent or so yeah. of the GOP who all have to come to his defense really in a moment of need. And if you have to come to somebody's defense on something like that, then you're in a position of weakness and he's in a position of
3: strength. here's a, another question. I'm curious for your reaction to Sagar, which is, you know, there was a lot of nervousness about. Um, you know, with regard to the the January sixth and fake elector scheme um, mm. potential indictments, there's a lot of nervousness around. Like, okay, what does it mean to indict a former president? What has the reaction in the country been? Trump has obviously tried to frighten those who are looking into charging him into thinking like, oh my god, this would just like tear the country apart. and I'm not sure we can do it. Um, and you know, we'd all love to pretend these decisions aren't political and that those sort of calculations don't weigh in, but we know that they do. So. One thing I was wondering is if you have this first indictment and there isn't this huge create the death and destruction that Trump is like warning of, mm-hmm. does that make some of the um, other individuals of in, you know the Georgia folks or the the special counsel in uh, Washington, does that make them actually less nervous about indicting Trump because you know the seal has already been broken in a way, the dam has already been broken, and the country was able to survive. So perhaps that sort of encourages them like, OK, we can move forward with our own charges here and it's not going to be the destruction of the republic.
2: It's certainly possible. But at the same time, mean, first of all, I think a lot of, from what I've seen, uh, you know, amongst a lot of MAGA figures, all of them are saying, like, look, we're not pro- like we're doing to do this peacefully. We're going to fight this in the legal system, all that, because I think they feel pretty sure that they could probably beat this in a court of law. I I genuinely have no idea. It's not even worth speculation because, you know, it could be that they don't protest for indictment. But then who knows? Maybe the dam would break whenever it comes to conviction or maybe people learn their lesson from January 6th and they're like, hey, you know what? Like, I don't need to be involved in some BS like this, but I will come out and vote and make my, you know, make it very clear, like how I feel. It's a it's a complete, you know, range of possibilities. I genuinely don't know. In terms of uh, you know the indictment schedule and all of that, the other problem though that I could easily show say is let's say that this you know charge frivolous you know in my view is one that gets struck down immediately. Well, it actually looks more bulletproof and stronger. So then. If you do come out and you charge him with Fulton County, then it's just going to set even more of a public expectation, whereas the facts of the case on that one are much harder for him um, or on a January 6th one or even on a classified documents one to, for legally you know, to have some standing. So, yeah, yeah it, this is a good thing. Why, why don't we go ahead and move to the uh, political section here, because I think it's, it's worth talking about what the fallout from this might be. So political reactions, thoughts, uh, broader takeaways. What do you think? Yeah. What's what's your 50,000 foot?
3: I mean, the big takeaway is this is a remarkable moment in history. I think the impact on the GOP electorate is incredibly clear. I think the impact on a general electorate is somewhat less clear. Um, I would lean in the direction of, listen, if you're being indicted and you're on trial for this and probably other indictments to come. That's probably going to be a bad thing for most, for a lot of ordinary voters, the type of people who may be um, persuadable, which, you know, it's a small sliver in the country, but they're determinative at this point. So, um, you know, do I think that these are the strongest charges against Trump? No. But, you know, you call them frivolous. I wouldn't call them frivolous. I think if you or I were engaged in these types of schemes, shemane payments and potential campaign finance, like I, we would get hit, right? So I think a lot of people will look at this as, this is a man who has gotten off for so many things, so many times, and they're not gonna be super hung up on whether this was the strongest case against him. They're more interested in if this is, you know, people who want to see Trump held accountable, is he actually gonna be held accountable for anything ever? And so that's kind of my, you know, that's my view is it's gonna be a Rorschach test for how people felt about Trump going in, and the actual details of the cases matter somewhat less from a political perspective, obviously from a political perspective, they're paramount, but from a political perspective, the details of the cases matter less than people's yes. existing sentiment around the former president.
2: I think that's fair. I'll, I'll tell you why I say frivolous. Uh, because, look, he is an extraordinary individual. He's not a normal person. Um, even yeah. everyone's like, oh, in the eyes of the law. Okay, the reason that I said it is because okay think about the what politically what he has done here i actually almost think back to impeachment do you remember uh and a lot of people forget this the highest level of gop identification in the trump years came at the exact moment the democrats were indicting or were impeaching trump over the perfect phone call because look nobody was saying that the phone call was good We're like hey this is not a great thing That said, when you're going to subject the entire country to the details of this, of what a lot of people think is straight-up bullshit, then a lot of people are going to be able to see through this, and they're going to conclude that one party is not serious and that the other person is being unjustly prosecuted. We almost have a direct one-to-one. Now, the feelings on January 6th, though, are very different. So I agree that the details themselves don't necessarily matter. But to the small persuadables— You know, you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice at a macro level by not focusing on the one thing that we know that these persuadables are turned off by the absolute most and putting Republicans in a tougher spot where they can't be completely united. For example, I do not believe that a initial Fulton County, you know, D.A. prosecution against Trump is met with the same level of GOP vociferous defense of Trump. Maybe some 75 percent of it. Right. Yeah. But not the 100 percent that we have seen right now. So I think Alvin Bragg has successfully united the entire GOP against Trump, you know, I tweeted this with potentially the dumbest charge relative to consequence in American history. And that is why, like, I look at the charge and I just think it's such a tremendous mistake, because also the the likelihood that he beats this charge before a judge is very high. It's very high that this case does not even go to trial. Politically, also, you're making him even more bulletproof, in my opinion, whereas it is way harder for him to contest the Fulton County one and even the January 6th one in terms of election interference or you know conspiracy to commit to government obstruction, although they're, you know, legality-wise, it, it could be difficult on yeah. any of those fronts, too.
3: I mean, I guess I agree with like the broad yeah. sentiment of the American people, which is that um, he did it, that the allegations against him serious, um, that they're not nothing. um, And also that there were politics involved here. Like, I I feel all of those things. And (laughs) I definitely don't, you know, I definitely agree with you that of the charges that he is facing, and of the things that people broadly want to see him held accountable for, this one is, there's no doubt about it. This is the weakest, and it's the weakest case. I think the timeline of this is all going to matter a lot, because remember, it's not like he's going to this is going to be thrown out of court immediately. This is going to take months to unfold. Probably in those ensuing months, we're likely to have additional in, indictments mm-hmm. on January six on fake elector schemes that are also going to be, you know, working their way through the news media and being processed by the American people in real time. So. I think, like I said, bottom line in terms of how people are going to respond to these charges and the potential charges to come, it's all going to be through the lens of whether you feel this is a person who has basically been lawless, (laughs) not just in the presidency, but in a lot of ways throughout his entire life and never been held to account for anything. And you're not going to trouble yourself too much with the details of like, well, was this the particular strongest case against him? Because there's a sense this man just operates with absolute impunity that because he has been an elite, he's been able to get away with whatever he wants. And so you're happy to see a chance for him to finally face some sort of penalty for, you know, crimes that the majority of Americans, even a lot of Republicans, feel that he did, in fact, commit.
2: You're right. It's important to understand that a large portion of this country hates Trump and genuinely does want to see him in prison, like probably like 30 percent. And then equally, 30 percent are like never want him to see.
3: No matter uh, what he did. Right. No matter what.
2: Yeah. In his own words, he could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue and he would still win. I, I actually think that's true. Um, and then the middle part is going to be that that that's why I can't let it go, because I'm like, you know, if this is a game of inches like you really are giving up a lot of the uh, turf that you would have. You, you are giving up your ability and not managing this in a smart way. Uh, we'll see how it plays. I genuinely don't know, you know, in terms of the election. I do know on the primary front. He basically just handed him the GOP primary, I mean, to the extent that he hadn't already, which, if you think about it, is a foolish move, you know, if you think that Trump actually is some existential threat. Um, and now, you know, we could be in some Eugene Debs situation. But again, well, you you know, know, you're not supposed to consider that.
3: It's worth, it's worth saying. So just quickly on the Eugene Debs situation that you referenced there, um, there is a possibility of jail time with these charges to the extent that we, you know, have guesses about what the charges are. Um, but it is not mandatory. So, um, he would not have to face prison time if, even if he were found guilty with these particular charges. So I just wanted to, um, put that out there, but, um, yeah, it's, You know, it's quite remarkable to watch it all unfold. I think it's very hard to predict what's going to happen in the general election. But I do think it's very clear the impact in the Republican primary. This just hands a ton of power to Trump and it's almost insurmountable. And it makes it so that all the media attention and focus is going to be on him indefinitely. From here on out so you know good luck with like whatever little bills drawn de santis wants to get attention for passing through the florida legislature no one's gonna care
2: even biden i want people to understand this we're back in it now folks we're in the circus again it is officially silly season like we are back <laughs> to the we are back to the cameras that are outside the you know the thing the leaks from inside the Trump legal team the Hannity interviews about what's going on we are fully back you know in the Trump years like this is going to be it now for for months and it's so exhausting Uh, You know, obviously, we will break it down and and keep everybody informed and all that. But this was exactly kind of what the Biden administration, all of them were saying they wanted to move away from. And the amount of billions of dollars in earned media he's going to say get from the amount his name, name, you know, Trump, 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 all of that. Like, we are fully, fully back to the Trump years in this. Let me say that. Go. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Let me say one more thing about that, because I think Democrats never learn. They never learn. They still underestimate him. And I look, my gut instinct is that charges against him and the specter of him being on trial in the middle of presidential campaign, whatever, is probably bad for him with the general electorate. But I genuinely don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it could it could be a wash. It could go either way. I think it will be bad for him because there's just this like normie, like law and order instinct of You know, if you're on Mm -hmm. trial, you did something wrong. This is bad. Democrats have forgotten what a skillful politician he can be. They have, are continuing to underestimate him. And so you mentioned like, oh, well, this basically hands the Republican primary to him, and that's not really great thing for Democrats. I think they believe that it is a good thing for them yeah, because they, they feel that Ron DeSantis is a stronger general election candidate. Ron DeSantis certainly thinks that. The donors that are backing Ron DeSantis certainly thinks that. The polls mostly indicate that as well right now, too. I'm not sure I buy that because – Ron DeSantis is just not nearly as skillful a politician as Donald Trump. And so hard to say who's the stronger general election candidate. But I think it is foolish that Democrats at this point are actually wishing for Donald Trump to be the nominee once again and has a lot of echoes of 2016. When they thought the same thing, they thought he'd be so weak in the general election, they thought it'd be a cakewalk for Hillary Clinton, and we all know how that turned out. So uh, they, I, I think we have a lot of echoes of history here.
2: I completely agree with you. I, can, I say this to everybody. Somebody's like, you really think Trump can win? I said, hey, anybody who's a major nominee, GOP or Dem, they can win. Can win. That's it. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. You have no idea what's going to happen. None. Like we you know, I could I could lay out some we're what we're almost two years away from election day. who knows what the economy's going on? We could be in a full blown recession, and Trump could be running you know on make America great again and that sounds pretty good you know we could have a crazy escalation in the Ukraine war and Trump is the only guy who's calling for peace in the election and he gets reelected you have or we could say it the other way Joe- you know.
3: Joe Biden's an old man. Yeah, he could die. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what the future holds for him. And then even, you know, if his health even just declines and people are thinking like, oh, my God, we're going to have Kamala Harris as the commander in chief. No, thank you. There's a million ways that Donald Trump, even facing indictment or prison or whatever is coming down the pike here, could be walking back into the White House. Now, I'm not saying that's a guarantee. I do think he's weaker than he was before. I think he's hobbled by, you know, this, certainly people hated Stop the Steal and hated January 6th. And that clearly has been sort of like an albatross Mm -hmm. around his neck with the the general public. But never say never, man. Don't underestimate this man.
2: They always do. They always do. That's okay. It gives us more to talk about. Okay. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining (laughs) us for our our emergency episode here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As we said, uh, we got breakingpoints.com if you want to be able to watch the show um, on Spotify as well for all of our premium members. And uh, we'll see you all later. If there's anything that happens over the weekend, we'll monitor it. And if if necessary, we'll do another breaking thing. We'll see everybody later.
3: Bye, y'all.